Hello and welcome to Theology Matters. This is Dr. John Clark. And today we want to continue our study uh, in the area of biblical distinctions. And we started last time looking at a study regarding the three tenses of salvation. And again, as I mentioned, that word etymology in general, in any language, has a variety of different types of words. Some words always mean the same thing in every given context. That that would be a technical definition, uh, like television in English. Some words mean different things depending upon the context, like set or run or trunk or garbage. Those are kind of examples of those types of words. And then some words actually mean the exact opposite, depending on context. Those are called contronyms. We gave bolt as an example. Sometimes you bolt something down to secure it, but sometimes you bolt to flee. And so sometimes they mean the exact opposite. And then some words, uh, which really kind of brings us into our study, mean the same exact thing in every context, but they're applied differently based on context. And uh, we made the argument that salvation is one of those words in the Bible, uh, that it always means the same thing, meaning to save, deliver, make whole, to preserve, save from danger, lost destruction, or to rescue from danger. Um, whereas this word is found 600 times in the Bible in its various forms. But it can uh, it's applied differently based on context. We looked at some context in Matthew 8.25 and Matthew 14.30, where the word saved is, is applied to a physical salvation from physical danger. Remember in those contexts, the danger was drowning uh, in the Sea of Galilee, and uh, the disciples were asking Jesus to save them from drowning in the Sea of Galilee. But we also looked briefly, and we'll look more closely at this today, but Ephesians 2.8, where the word salvation or being saved is used to describe uh, salvation spiritually from spiritual consequences, not physical consequences. And one of the things that we need to remember as we embark on our study is that salvation, spiritual salvation in the scriptures is always referred to as a free gift, which is given to us by God's grace, and it's based solely on the person and finished work of Jesus Christ. And what that means is if something is a free gift, that means that you will never have to pay for it or never have to earn or merit it because once merit or payment is involved, it ceases by definition to be a gift. And so we believe the scriptures teach that if you've put your faith alone in Jesus Christ alone and his finished work for you alone, then you can say the following, I have been saved I am being saved, and I will be saved. Again, the word salvation in each of those aspects, past, present, and future, always means to be saved or delivered from something, but the context is going to indicate how this word is applied, how salvation is implied. And so we want to look at um, all three of those aspects in our study. And, and, to, and today, in this session, we want to look at our salvation from uh, uh, in a past tense aspect. We call this first tense or first phase salvation. And quite frankly, this is the phase or tense that when most people hear the word salvation uh, as it relates to the Bible, they think of this phase or tense. And what are we being saved by? That's, that's the big question. Anytime you see the word 
salvation in the Bible, you should automatically, as you're trying to understand what it's talking about, you should you should ask yourself the question, saved from what? That should always be the follow-up question. I see salvation in the Bible. I see the word, the verb saved, and I should be thinking saved from what? Well, in this first tense of salvation, this past tense, we're talking about being saved from the penalty of sin, which is paid for uh, in eternity in the lake of fire. And what this says is this, all past, present, and future sins were paid for through Christ's death on the cross. And this is why he can offer a past tense, done deal, salvation, where the believer will never have to face the penalty of sin, this eternal separation from God in the lake of fire forever. And so to give you some some uh, verses that reflect this past tense uh, one-time salvation from sin's penalty. Uh, let's look. Let's start first in John, chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen. John three sixteen and seventeen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through but that the world through him might be saved. And there's our word sozo, the word saved. And that is uh, in the aorist passive uh, form, grammatical structure in the Greek. And so what it's saying is that at a point in time, somebody besides the believer, somebody acted this salvation out on them, implied is, is God did. God is the one who saves, and it happens at a point in time. And, and when does it happen? Well, it happens, verse 16 tells us, the moment one believes in Jesus Christ. And notice the promises in verse 16 and 17, especially as it relates to uh, what the believer is delivered from. It says specifically, the believer should not perish. In other words, the believer is saved or delivered from ever paying the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is what? Death. And that's why he says that whoever believes shall not perish. And so that's the promise there. Go with me also to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21, which says this, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Again, the verb save there is an aorist active infinitive. It means that God is saving uh, the ones who believe. Saving them from what? Saving them from the penalty of sin. Saving them from an eternity in the lake of fire. Another example of this past tense aspect of deliverance from sin's penalty is found in Titus chapter 3 in verse 5. Titus 3 in verse 5, where he says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And here in Titus 3, 5, we also have an aorist active indicative. This is something, again, that God has done at a moment of t- in time. And what was that moment in time? The moment 
an unbeliever places their faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work for them alone. And then we'll flip back uh, to the verse we started with, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which reads this, For by grace, notice, you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So notice, even in the English, we can pick up that tense, you have been saved. Well, it's even more emphatic in the Greek language because it's in the perfect passive form. Perfect meaning a completed event with ongoing results. Passive indicating that it's not the believer who saves himself, but that somebody outside of the believer has delivered them from sin's penalty. In this case, obviously, it's God who's done that. And God's salvation happens at a point in time with ongoing results. Literally, you have been saved and you continue to be saved. You remain saved is kind of the idea that's described there. And so, again, as we look at the past tense, we're asking the question, what are we saved from? Well, we're saved from the penalty of sin. The reason that can be described as a done deal, past tense event already happened is because Jesus Christ himself paid that penalty in full when he died on the cross for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And thus that penalty can never be put on the table again for the person who simply trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, the theological description of this tense of salvation is called justification. And justification is a legal term where God declares somebody righteous. It's not it's not God making somebody righteous, it's God declaring somebody righteous based on the evidence. And what we find from the scriptures and turn with me to Romans chapter 3, what we find is that justification, God's declaration of someone as, as righteousness um, is given freely by God's grace the moment a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ in his finished work for them alone. Look at Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice again, God's justification is given freely by his grace. That means it's it's not something you earn, deserve, or pay for today, tomorrow, or 30 years from now. By definition, it is a free gift. And we know that the righteousness of God, the, the deliverance from sin's penalty is given the moment someone puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Jump back one verse, Romans 3.22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. And so we see that that is justification by faith. We see uh, in Romans 4, 5, Paul describes it this way, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. And so we see that the, the factor, the point in time or the condition, if you will, is by God's grace through faith alone in Christ alone. And and that is how a person is justified and that is how a person is saved from the past or from the penalty of sin. And again, this represents a past tense done deal because that payment was made 2000 years ago. Now, the time factor in this salvation is very important to note. 
because it, it, it happens at the moment you trust in Christ. It's done at a point in time. This salvation is wrought the exact moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't require ongoing faith. We'll talk about that in the next aspect of salvation. But in this aspect, it doesn't require ongoing uh, faith. It requires a point in time, moment in faith, when you trusted in Jesus Christ and his finished work for you. It's not that you've always been saved or that you continue to believe. Obviously, the scriptures uh, encourage those who have been justified to continue to walk by faith, but not to be saved from sin's penalty. We're going to talk about what that salvation in the second tense is about in the next session. 